0: AfroVerdict. Brought to you by Sputnik Africa.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the AfroVerdict podcast. As the COP28 is underway, this is a great opportunity to look at environmental issues on the continent. I'm your host, Victor Anakin, and today we're going to take a look at oil spills of various international petroleum companies in Africa and the impact this has on the local environment and local population. In the past few months, Shell has reported numerous spillages in the Niger Delta, with some incidents causing massive environmental damage and affecting the livelihoods of local communities. These spills have contaminated water sources, destroyed farmland, and left many people without access to clean water or food. Shell has claimed that most of these spills were caused by sabotage or theft, but local activists and community leaders have disputed these claims accusing the company of neglecting its infrastructure and failing to properly maintain its pipelines. The Niger Delta is one of the most polluted places on Earth, with decades of oil extraction leaving a devastating impact on the environment and the health of local people. These latest spillages are just the latest chapter in a long and tragic story. As we speak, Shell is facing legal action from affected communities, who are demanding justice and compensation for the damage caused by these spills. And to dig in further, I'm now joined by a leader of an organization of activists that stand up to protect the rights of the Nigerian
0: people. Welcome to Sputnik Africa uh, and to the Afroverted Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's a great pleasure and honor to have you join us today. Could you maybe start by telling our readers and listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, what your organization does, and um, how your activities connect to keeping the environment safe from oil spillages, such as the one that we're going to be discussing today?
2: Okay. Thank you very much, Uh... In a way of summarizing, I started my activism as a a unionist uh, in the labor union in the late 80s, and uh, I worked for the federal government of Nigeria for about 18 years and retired in 2005. And in 2007, I got engaged by the Environmental Rights Action Friends of the Earth Nigeria, And since 2007, I've been working with the Environmental Rights Action, Nigeria's foremost environmental uh, advocacy group. Uh, What ERA does, short form for the Environmental Rights Action is ERA, and uh, we do a lot of environmental field monitoring, reporting, and also uh, assisting researchers, both local and international going to sites and communities of interest, documenting the environmental issues, and also uh, going on with uh, our evidence-based environmental advocacy. I've been doing that for the past 17 years or so. Thank you. I am Alagwa Morris, a program director, a program manager of the Environmental Rights Action. I was employed as a program project assistant a later, program uh, manager. Presently, after being a project officer.
0: Great, Mr. Morris. Once again, welcome. Thank you for that detailed introduction. It's a pleasure to get to know you a little bit better in this way. Thank you. Tell me, this oil spillage that was uh, perpetrated by Shell. Were you personally affected by the environmental damage caused by that oil spill?
2: Well, of course, uh, uh, because I I stay in the city. Uh, I cannot say uh, personally. My farm, my fish pond, or whatever was affected. But as a community person, I am well aware that my community, Ondewari community, brass uh, community, which are my paternal and maternal communities, have been affected again and again by crude oil spills from the oil companies, especially Shell and Agip in this case. yes. so in that connection, I would say I have been affected. However, because of the environmental activism that we're engaged in, uh, we see ourselves as a, a rendering selfless service, and we belong to all communities affected. What happens to community A affects me. So in that connection, I am also affected because if crops, fish from polluted sites gets to the market and i also buy and consume those uh fish and food crops uh, from environmental environments that are affected by crude oil uh i also get affected negatively uh so in also that aspect i am also a direct victim because the niger delta experts have said uh has the lowest life expectancy in nigeria While it is uh, about 52, 51 in other regions of Nigeria, it is only just about 41, 42 in the Niger Delta. So, I, being 63 years old now, I am like a living ancestor in the Niger Delta, where life expectancy is low. And all this is attributed to the oil industry induced pollution. We breathe polluted air, we drink polluted water. And we drink, we eat polluted food items.
0: That's horrific, actually. That's terrible. I hope that these effects don't reach too far into the future and that uh, something will be finally done to stop these crimes, ultimately speaking. Tell me, and what is your assessment of the damage caused by Shell's oil spillages in the recent years?
2: Yeah, let me tell you that uh, even before I came to join the Environmental Rights Action, It has been documented that instead of proper cleanup of oil spill-impacted environment, Shell's agents often set such sites ablaze. Instead of cleaning up, they set the environment ablaze. And we have documented evidence. And since I joined, I have seen several sites that instead of carrying out cleanup and remediation, Shell agents, Shell, being culpable, have been fingered for certain oil spill sites ablaze as a very wrong method of cleanup to hide their evidence. They fry and roast uh, sites that have been impacted by their crude oil spills. Uh, Let me tell you, uh, even right now, there is a community called Ikarama. Ikarama is spelled I-K-A-R-O-A-M-A. Not far from where I am now, where the community has re- recorded several oil spills, even right in the community. And about a year ago, in an environment where Shell said they have cleaned up and remediated over the years, somebody went to clear the elephant grasses there to prepare a fish pond and is stumbled on crude oil, raw crude oil oozing out from the ground. And when they informed me as an environmental rights action representative, I went there with my colleagues. We called people from the community to clear other areas that have not been cleared of grasses and dug the ground. I went with media, of course, with TV and radio uh, uh, media outfits. We dug, and right in front of us, crude oil came out from the ground. And I reported the regulatory agency, the National Oil Spill Response and uh, the National Oil Spill Detection and Response Agency (NOSRA) reached out to me and said, "Morris, we have seen your report online. We would like to go to the field with you and share to confirm if what you have reported is true." I said there is no problem. And on a, on a certain day, I received a phone call from the director of NOSRA that shell was already in their office, I should come. So we go to site. I say, well, I'm good. Even though I have the staff meeting, Zoom meeting that day, I will sacrifice it and go. Lo and behold, we went to the site and we dug five places, cleared grasses and dug five places and we saw crude oil in three of those five places. So, Shell claiming to have been carrying out cleanup and remediation is just a fake fake uh, statement they are making. They have never cleaned up any sites. All they are doing is turning spill sites upside down, using locals with shovel and uh, rubbers to scoop crude oil from the surface and bury within the same environment. And so, as we speak, that community is suffering from cancer-related, uh, crude oil-related diseases such as cancer and stunted growth of crops within their environment. And the community is the highest, is having the highest frequency of oil spills in the Bayelsa state where I am. And most of these spills occur from Shell's facility. And most of these spills are also sponsored by Shell staff Those of them that are field workers, we have investigated, and community folks have reported. Even when I led the Dutch ambassador to the uh, to the community in a town hall meeting, the community people told the ambassador that Shell is responsible for most of the oil spills in that community, and we still have that video. Good enough, we 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 recorded it in a video form, and so uh, Shell. Is culpable. The top management may not be aware, but most of the field staff are aware and they are all culpable. Very unscrupulous staff
0: of a uh, chair. Mr. Morris, I'm just thinking about it. It's, you know, the such situations that take place around the world and especially in areas that are now obviously they don't they're being exploited by these huge oil companies because the oil companies know that you know a common, a regular citizen of Nigeria most likely won't have the means to to file a, a law case against a huge oil company such as Shell, and that's why. Which brings me to my next question: What do you think this neglect tells us about the manner in which these large oil companies operate on the African continent?
2: I I will right I will tell you without missing word that. There is regulatory capture in Nigeria. The oil industry is also regulated by itself. The regulatory system is weak. And we have been advocating that the regulatory agencies be empowered enough adequately to address the issues of environmental degradation occasioned by oil industry-induced pollution. So it falls squarely. On the table of the federal government of Nigeria, that has arrogated to herself anything about ownership of crude oil, excluding the locals and the and the state governments. And if you even go to court, if you even go to court, you pity yourself here in Nigeria. Even if you win the case, like the case of Jonah Bemre versus Shell and the federal government, of which. Judgment was delivered in November or so, in 2005, in favor of Jonah Gwemry and his community, that Shell was flaring gas against the fundamental human rights of the community. Up till today, uh, they have not obeyed the court ruling. Rather, they transferred the judge who delivered that judgment. And it is only recently, about a year ago, that Shell is appealing that case. So you can see how unfortunate it is. And that is why people are taking cases overseas like the one that was delivered in favor of the four Niger Delta farmers in The Hague which was highly celebrated. I will support anyone who wants to take his case overseas because the system here does not uh, guarantee uh, the rights of our people. Even if Judgment is delivered in your favor, you will not get anything. So I agree with anyone that is taking the case to the UK or US or even to the Netherlands for environmental justice, because our people are not ready to do what is right. Even if you do what is right, the authorities will not support and ensure that such judgment First.
0: Do you think that perhaps these large oil companies, could they be meddling or playing some role in the final outcome of these uh, lawsuits?
2: They will do, they will do, but that influence will be greatly reduced overseas and maybe the experts that will deal with the issue overseas will be seen as doing their job without uh, interference. and a sharp difference what, with what will be obtained here in Nigeria. So I very much believe that they will interfere with whatever is done. Look at the petroleum industry bill that was in the in a, a formation for quite some years. The oil companies make sure that they influence the outcome of the petroleum industry uh, law. And today, our uh, people are not happy with the 3%. They say they will uh, accord to the... Uh, host communities. It is the oil companies who have spent so much in influencing the lawmakers and all of that. So they interfere. Look at, let me tell you, a community in uh, a Hoda West local government area of River State where Shell was passing a fresh gas pipeline less than one meter to living homes. Instead of passing it through the bush, Where the community has approved for them, they decided to pass this gas pipeline within residential areas, less than one meter to where people are living. And when some community people informed us and we went to the community and interviewed them, one of them who is working with the Shell-sponsored cottage hospital in the community was sacked. He was sacked from his work because he expressed himself. He expressed disapproval of passing that pipe within the community and close to where people are living. They sacked that person. From his work, you can see how Shell is influencing issues in our communities and trying to cause problems. The paramount ruler of the community I learned was the one who was giving the contract to pass that pipeline. And he and his council of chiefs invited this man who spoke to us and uh, told his family to bring another person to replace him, that he has been sacked for talking to the environmental group. You can see that type of nonsense and wickedness. So we know that Shell has hand in that uh, sacking. They are carrying out divide and rule in our communities. Now, if that gas pipeline, if that gas pipeline in the years to come explodes, you can imagine what will happen, especially if there is a leakage and then somebody, a woman or a girl or anybody is frying anything by the side of the road and it happens to be that the gas is leaking from that same spot. You can imagine the type of explosion that will happen and how lives and properties would be destroyed in that particular environment. We have all those reports. We reported and Shell, in their usual way, went on air to say they are not carrying out any new gas pipeline lay, which is a very big lie. Unfortunately, we are in a system whereby reports like that are not followed up by regulators and by the government. So it is just there for now. They have had their way. They've laid the pipe to the flow station. And it is
0: there. It's a huge story. I I don't understand why it's not highlighted that much in the media, especially in Western media. It looks like they are putting effort into not bringing the global community up to date on this. It's not right. People should know about these things. Look, since we were talking about courts, right? The High Court in London has ruled that thousands of Nigerians can sue Shell for breaching their right to a clean environment due to oil spills. Do you believe that the victims will be able to obtain compensation?
2: Well, uh, I have read some time ago when I tried to go into law practice to, to study law, but I didn't conclude for one reason or the other that uh, the prophecies of what the court will say uh, is what is meant by the law. And so uh, it depends on the evidences provided and how the judges see the cases presented before them to come out with their rulings. So I believe if the evidences are strong enough, uh, the plaintiffs will have justice. Yes, that is my belief. However, I agree. I'm I'm so happy that the UK have agreed to hear cases from Nigeria and elsewhere from environmental degradation and environmental justice issues. Lide, Lide was about taking up a case of this Ikarama community I mentioned that has the highest frequency of oil spills here. While they were going about their documentation, we heard that uh, they have been barred from taking on cases from here to the UK. So that issue was abandoned. I'm so happy now that the courts have allowed cases to be brought to the UK. So it is a welcome development. Any law firm that sees a good case that is supposed to be held there should take the cases there. Either it will be settled in court or to be settled out of court. But if it is in Nigeria here, I I don't have the faith 100% for the judiciary here anymore. If I have any confidence, it is less than less than 20%. So, in a more civilized climate, I think with the experts presenting their cases, and if the evidence is strong, I believe plaintiffs will have justice, not only for compensation, but for the restoration of the environment that has been damaged. That is more important to us in the environmental rights action. We are more interested in the sustainability of the environment. So any judgment that is delivered for only compensation and not uh, statements dealing with the protection of the environment or cleanup of the environment or to prevent further damage of the environment uh, is not holistic enough. So that is my take on it. Thank you. All
0: right. Thank you very much, Mr. Morris. And uh, lastly, can you maybe update us on what is being done to help the locals who suffered from the environmental damage caused by Shell?
2: Well, uh, a a lot of the victims do not have the voice or the strength, the wherewithal to go ahead. But I know some are interested in justice, environmental justice, cleanup and compensation. Only... Uh, about three days ago, a paramount ruler of Peremabiri community, Peremabiri community in Southern Niger Local Government Area, came to our office uh, in relation to two oil spills that happened uh, in October or so in his community environment from Shell's uh, Gable Creek Flow Station environment, and uh, the, the JIV Joint Investigation Visit Report indicated that. It was caused by equipment failure. One of them, JIV was not carried out because it was underwater incident. So now that this flood has receded, he came for some advice. And I advised him to write to the regulatory agents for them to follow up to do JIV on the remaining uh, spill point. Now, after that, they can also follow up. To ensure that the environment is cleaned up and compensation is paid for their ponds and swamps that have been affected. And they agreed. So we are advising them on what to do. They have written the letter and submitted to NOSRA. Uh, also, a Karama community that I mentioned having the highest frequency of oil spills, uh, they've come to our office and twice. Uh, I have led them to a law firm in Port Harcourt, and I am telling you in confidence that the law firm has reached an agreement with them, signed power of attorney to carry on uh, issues relating to environmental justice, cleanup, uh, and related issues for the community. All the six or five uh, families of the community have signed that power of attorney for the law firm. very soon, either that matter would go to court in here in Nigeria, or it will go to the UK or anywhere else the, the firm thinks justice will be obtained. So there are scattered cases like that, not only for Shell, but also for Ajib. Ajib. These are the two main uh, oil firms that I know have been Here and there, in terms of environmental related issues, oil spills not properly cleaned up, and then uh, vandalism, equipment failure incidents, all happening, and no compensation, no environmental justice in terms of cleanup, no uh, 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 remediation. And so, we are praying that the federal government should extend what they are doing in Ogoni. The UNEP recommended uh, report should also be extended to other parts of the Niger Delta, especially Bayelsa State, where NOSDRA in 2014 made public statement that Bayelsa State is most polluted. And if Bayelsa State is most polluted, we expect that what is happening in Ogoni land, the UNEP recommended cleanup and remediation should be done here in Bayasa State too. Even this morning, I have said that uh, while speaking to two radio stations live. So uh, these are some of the things that are ongoing that I know Uh, our people are not relenting. They are trying to approach the court in one way or the other, or even going to the National Assembly with their cases. So uh, uh, actions are on, yes.
0: Well, Mr. Morris, thank you for joining me once again. Let's hope that those who have carried financial loss or you know, have had health issues as a result of these environmental hazards find justice and will end up good and well. And like I said, thank you for joining me today. It was a great pleasure meeting you. It was a great pleasure speaking to you. And thank you for giving the due attention and light to these important issues. Thank you very much, sir.
2: Yes, uh, thank you, Victor. I'm really grateful having me on your yeah. Uh, platform. Uh, we are praying that the needful be done. As a matter of fact, uh, the oil companies are divesting. They are selling off their assets as IGIP has also done and sold their I- asset to Oando. Shell has also sold part of their, their asset to uh, ITO and they are planning to sell more. And so we are advocating that the government should not allow them to divest completely without addressing the damages that they have caused in the land, especially onshore. They want to run offshore to go and continue polluting offshore while they have not cleaned up their mess onshore. So this is a critical issue. And those who are buying these assets, should know that they are not only buying assets, they are buying both assets and liability. Both court cases, cleanup and remediation issues, they are all there. So if you are buying, the caveat is know that you are buying both assets and liability. And if the seller does not disclose the liabilities to the buyer, that is not going to be an excuse. The buyer should be where? You should ask the right questions to visit the communities to ensure that they are buying assets. Otherwise, they should buy both assets and liability. They should not say, we were not there, we are not the ones who caused this pollution. No. You are buying up everything. And the federal government will be held responsible if they do not take this into cognizance and allow these polluters, who have polluted onshore, to run offshore to continue their pollution. Luckily, our organisation, the Environmental Rights Action, we have been able to monitor them to the Atlantic Ocean. The 2011 December Bonga spill, we were in the ocean. The Chevron gas explosion of kolama in January 16, 2012, we were in the ocean, and we've been going severally to ensure that. We report what they are doing. Unfortunately, it is more expensive going to monitor this pollution in the sea. But the federal government should take all necessary efforts to ensure the protection of lives and property as regards oil industry-induced pollution. Thank you for having me. I remain grateful. <laughs>
1: Grain update. As Zimbabwe awaits its share of the grain shipment from Russia, here are some insights from Bulgaria Mukanganga, a Zimbabwean economist consultant at Development Reimagined.
3: So the issue of grain shipments, or upcoming grain shipments to Zimbabwe, what I think of is the issue of timing. It's a timely intervention because it's a quite a sensitive uh, or difficult, challenging agricultural season for Zimbabwe and other African countries. Um, there, there have been some. I'm sure you've seen some infographics out there that have been published that show specifically which countries are at risk of food insecurity because of rain, potential rain shortfalls over the next nine to twelve months or so. But even going into the 2024, 2025 agricultural season. Um so countries that maybe had uh maybe not, not surplus, but the opposite one. Word. What word doesn't coming to mind. But if unless countries had surplus uh grain production in the previous season, they're likely to be stretched this season because of the low poor poor rainfall. So any and all interventions such as this grain shipment that's coming to Zimbabwe is likely to be welcomed even though it might be perceived as a handout or, or be viewed from a political coercion kind of lens. But the, the main point here is that it's likely to be a welcome intervention, a timely one, uh, for farmers, for households. I, I think specifically of uh, commercial farmers and their need for grain to feed their livestock and how this might, in- how the grain shortages will- could influence uh, uh, their, their, their welfare over the next year or so. So yeah, those are my, my two cents on the grain shipment.
1: So, stay tuned for updates on the Sputnik Africa Telegram channel and other socials. Likewise, you can find more Afro Verdict episodes on various podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer Pocket Casts, AfriPods, Podcast Addicts, and Carsbox. And that's a wrap up for today's episode of the Afro Verdict Podcast. I hope you found our discussion interesting, but I'll see you next week.
2: Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.